Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys and the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Shantz and Chu are washing their mouths out with soap because the How Dare You podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to the How Dare You podcast. This is a teachable moment. Fuck yeah. This was... <laughs> My name is Michael Schantz. I am from the How Dare You Awards, who you almost just heard right now was your friend and mine, Lady Chu. Glad to meet you, Chu. You're a real horse's ass. <laughs> Um, well, even less so now, now that I can put this on my list of movies I've seen. Movies you should see and I've seen. How, how glad are you that I'm in your life? I mean, that's a stretch. <laughs> I am making your <laughs> no, that life was good. better. That was a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Fucking great. This is a long time been a top five movie for me. Sometimes I, I fucking sometimes love I try and steer away from older movies like that. At least that were. That's why I yeah. wanted you to not watch because this. I think that they're they're not good in any sense, but you know it, times were different, right? Like the way you told a story, the way you yeah, filmed you a movie. You strike me as a person. Different. <laughs> you strike me as a person who might not have patience for movies that were made before you were born. <laughs> um, I would say. Probably 75 is my, my cutoff. And this was 73, I think, so barely right. made it. <laughs> um, oh, no, this fuck. was a great movie. What a pleasant surprise. You loved it? Yeah, I would say. Did you take copious amounts of amazing, fawning oh, notes? Oh, no. I only, I only take notes on movies that I judge. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you've mentioned that before. I think you said on the last teachable moment that you just watch it. You just let it wash over you. uh, Yeah, no need for for note taking. If you fuck up, I'm going to need to take a note. And I'm all for judgment. Um, No, this was awesome. And God damn it, are those two men fucking handsome. Like, right. rude, almost. Like, why are you that handsome? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Do you fucking mind? Yeah. Fucking battle of the blue eyes between oh, those two assholes. Yeah. And the, when they're in the tux. Oh, my God. Wow. I mean, I've always had a crush on Robert Redford, even in his, his later years. I'm like, God damn it. He's still got it. And that three-piece suit. I swear, every almost every movie I've seen him, he's wearing a three-piece suit. I'm not upset about it. I'm, yeah. You're into it. Fuck it up. It, Paul Newman is... Just... Maybe one of my, my oh, yeah. all-time favorites. Paul Newman can do no wrong. Not that Robert Redford can do wrong, but... Yeah, I mean, it's Paul Newman. Fucking Paul Newman. There was, a like, a moment in the middle of this movie... Where my note is just, Paul Newman is the underlined, fucking underlined best. (laughs) The fucking best. Oh, and even better, this movie's fucking funny. Oh, it's hysterical. Like, I laughed out loud several times. When you're, when you, the the first time you see Paul Newman. He's trashed. His nose up against the floorboard. (laughs) He's severely hungover. <laughs> they did a lot of experimentation and... De- I, well, okay, wait. Okay. Hang on, Chu. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you hadn't guessed, we are talking about... <laughs> we didn't even say! The 1973 <laughs> movie, The Sting, directed by George Roy Hill. Chu, I have to assume you have no fucking idea who George Roy Hill is. Have you at least heard of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Okay. Well, he fucking directed it. (laughs) (laughs) And he brought back his two main actors. 
He also directed uh, Paul Newman in a great fucking hockey movie called Slapshot. And he also directed The World According to Garp. This guy's responsible for amazing fucking I feel movies. like Slapshot could be nominated for title that best fits a porno. Right? <laughs> Putting on the foil, coach. <laughs> fucking Hanson Brothers, Chew. You don't know no. what I'm talking about. I'm going to make you watch that movie, too. You'll be surprised to know, I'm sure, this movie had a budget of $5.5 million in the USA and collectively in the world since it debuted, $156 million. Wow. That's a profit. (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) (laughs) This movie also won, Chew, seven Academy Awards. I believe it. Including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay, Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, Best Editing, Best Music. Wow. Were they nominated for any Best Actor or Supporting Actor? Redford was. Okay. Yeah, also nominated for Cinematography and Sound, but didn't win those either, and Redford didn't win. Redford still hasn't won an, uh, an Acting Academy Award. That seems rude. Right? Yeah. Get your shit together. He's yeah, Robert a... fucking Redford. Yeah, that's uncalled for. Fun note, I had a, uh, f- a former roommate who worked for Robert Redford or worked at the Sundance Institute. And Redford was visiting, I believe, the office one day and then needed his car, Alexis brought up. And so my roommate said, hey, I'll bring it up just to like see Redford's car. So he drove it around and parked it outside and he opened up the ashtray and there were mints inside. He's like, I'm taking a mint from Robert Redford. This is a Robert Redford mint. (laughs) (laughs) Which I just think's a great fucking story. That's pretty good. Did he, was Robert Redford just like a gentleman, I hope yeah, so. He's, he has he's to be basically the coolest guy on earth. I also seem to remember that he had said. I remember my my roommate saying the one comment he had because he was talking about the festival, the Sundance Festival, the Park City, Utah Sundance Festival, and Redford's one comment at that time, and this is twenty five years ago, was, "I'd love to find a way to get." fewer space eaters there you know just people who are there taking up fucking space (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's kind of fantastic that's pretty good i'm so glad you love this movie this was so good i'm four for four yeah you are let's not forget that shit yeah that's pretty good ethan um Oh, had he seen it? No, I don't think so. But he kind of snubbed his nose when I was like, yeah, I have to watch The Sting. I was like, you know, the the older movie, you know, with Robert Redford and Paul Newman. And he's he like... He gave you shit for it? He kind of like made a face. I was like, hey, he's three for three. I was like, I'm sure The Sting is going to be great. He's like, he said something about... I don't know. He made some sort of joke about... Uh, you being old and picking movies from your generation. And I was like, yeah, I wonder how old he was when this movie came out. Probably like 30. He's probably 30 when this movie came out. <laughs> you go fuck yourself, Chew. <laughs> I will admit, I had been born. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was two when this movie came out. Wow. So if I saw it in the theater, I don't remember it. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine your parents taking you to see this movie. Right. It, too. (laughs) (laughs) I think really the first movie I can remember seeing on screen is Star Wars. And I have a vivid memory of that, like seeing the first spaceship go by. 
that was probably a pretty amazing moment for a lot of people. Oh, fuck yeah. Just like life changing. Like five, six years old, like check this fucking shit out. <laughs> You think I'm exaggerating, but I probably said it. <laughs> you probably did. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, Chu. For the benefit of our listeners, can we have Chu describe the plot, please? Oof. I was thinking about this <laughs> earlier, and I'm like, oh, fuck. This is going to be a hard one. Because? Um, you don't want to, I mean, well... Obviously, spoilers are ahead, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, if you haven't watched this... This movie came out in 1973, so if you haven't seen it... Don't listen to the podcast yet. You can go fuck yourself. (laughs) Um, I... Okay, so I need to preface first. Uh, When it comes to, like... You have to preface this? Yeah, when it comes to... How much you didn't understand? Uh, when, When it comes to, like, gambling and bets and stuff... That shit just goes right over my head. It's just one of those things that I just don't quite understand. I've also never really given it the time. So when that kind of shit happens, I'm really just getting a vague idea of what kind of con they're doing. I'm not understanding the actual details. Nevertheless, loved the movie. Uh, So with all that being said... um, Go on. Robert Redford... Is a con man, and right. they call him grifters. Not you're getting not, the lingo. Chew. Not drifters, grifters, and I only know that because I had subtitles on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he gets a he ends up pulling a con, pulling a fast one on the wrong guy who's connected with the mob, and yes, uh, doing well. Hey, look at me go. Um. Ends up working with Paul Newman, who's a friend of a friend, and... Well, what happened to the friend, Chu? Oh, Luther died. He got thrown out of a yeah. window. I was sad about that. I'm going to interrupt you for just a moment. I know who do you know? I know who Luther is. You do? I, I, yeah, of course. His voice... I was like, oh, shit. His voice is uh, sounds super familiar. And then I saw his name, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's James Earl Jones' dad. Has to be. Darth Vader's dad is in this movie. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. Look at me go. I'm so I'm so happy and proud of you right now. (laughs) I know some things. (laughs) Um You fucking deduced. So Darth Vader's dad dies. But sets him up with Paul Newman uh before that happens. And so they pull a huge, huge con against the mob guys, the cops. And quote unquote the feds. <laughs> and uh, what else am I forgetting? Uh, they well they pull the con because it's um, that's really it. Yeah, they they base the con off of horse betting. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's good. The big con. The big con. And they were tuxes. Says to Robert Redford. I'm teaching you stuff that maybe five guys in the world know. <laughs> he thinks a lot about himself <laughs> from that one comment alone. Like, okay. I think uh, he's not wrong, though. <laughs> I'm sure. Cause it was think a- about all the money you have to spend just to put this con on. Yeah, they just, they literally built a, I don't even know what you'd call it, a betting room. What do you call it? Yeah. The rackets. The rackets. I love that uh, the guy, when they rent the space, and the guy is saying, I don't know if we can get it all done by Saturday, yeah. and they do that whole thing, and he says, so uh, how do you want to handle this? You want uh, you want a, a flat rate or, or percentage. Uh, part of a percentage? <laughs> he, says, he says, who's the mark? Doyle Lonigan. He looks over at the other guy, looks back at him. Flat rate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not fucking with that guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, nope, I'll take what's guaranteed. Thanks. (laughs) Was it good to see your friend Robert Shaw from Jaws, your first teachable moment again? Oh, my God. Thank you for saying that. I was like, who the fuck? Doyle Lonigan? 
I, God, if I'd had a gun to my head, I wouldn't have been able to say like, where's Robert Shaw from? But it kept eating at me. I'm like, where the fuck is Robert Shaw from? (laughs) I could not. Thank you. God, it was like holding a sneeze. I'm saving your life again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Welcome. God damn it. Shit. Yeah. How fucking great is he in this movie? He is menacing. He's a scary dude, even with that limp. Is the limp? Do you know why he has that limp? Is the limp real or not real? Yeah, actually. Is it? Not in real. Well, real for him at the time. Oh, okay. He was playing racquetball and either fucked up his ankle or knee, and he came in the next day and he said, Listen, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I was not playing for money, <laughs> but I was playing racquetball and I fucked up my ankle or knee. Like IMDb trivia says knee, but Ray Walston says ankle anyway, but he says, I fucked up my ankle. I want to say again, I wasn't playing for money, <laughs> but if you have to replace me, I understand. No money. It's fine. And George Roy Hill, the director, apparently used to do this on his lip, like just kind of when he was thinking, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And he's doing that. This is Ray Walston's story, by the way. He's just sort of, hmm, do me a favor, walk over there. And... So Robert Shaw limps over to the other side of the room. He goes, now walk back. <laughs> he walks back and he goes, all right, we'll just keep the limp. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and he apparently wore a brace and they just put a limp into into the story Monaghan's for his character. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I can't. Also, Go ahead. Robert Redford had apparently cracked or broken or fractured his thumb. This is harder to spot. But uh, when you see him eating in the diner towards the end, you can see that he's not using his thumb to eat. And it looks a little strange. I didn't catch that. But you have to be looking to catch it, yeah. Uh, The only thing I noticed when he was eating that I did not agree with was he turns his fork upside. He takes the handle of the fork to stir his coffee. And, oh. I do. (laughs) Mr. Redford. No, buddy. He licked a clean chew. I don't know. <laughs> no. How did I know? I have a note here that says, stirred his coffee with his fork and licked it. <laughs> Chew's going to have a problem. Oh, with the upside, with the handle part. I don't know. Why didn't they give you a spoon? What the fuck? There was no COVID in those days, Chew. We didn't have to worry quite as much. Oh, but it's set in the 30s, so I can't imagine that they had a sanitizing station in the three-compartment dishwasher. Okay. <laughs> so, no, I rest my case. No, everything was just licked clean. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Every restaurant just had a kennel of dogs in the back. <laughs> my God. <laughs> Here you are, Michelle Chew. <laughs> There's your Ugh. meatloaf and mashed potatoes. I mean, it was the plate. it was the 30s. I can't imagine that there was a health department who would make regular check-ins with restaurants. There's no way. You just did what you yeah, did. I couldn't say. I can't speak to that. Yeah. They didn't have sandy buckets. <laughs> Restaurant people, you know. <laughs> They didn't have testing strips. No sandy buckets, no sandy wipes. Nope. This was, I believe, the second highest grossing movie of the year. Do you know what the first one was? No. What am I saying? Of course you don't. (laughs) I have no (laughs) idea what what else came out in 73. It was The Exorcist, and these two movies came out the same fucking weekend oh my god they couldn't be more different right how incredible is that that these two movies just went ape shit at the exact same time that's fucking great that's pretty amazing i love it all right chew let's take a break okay (laughs) (laughs) we barely started 
We just went right in talking about the movie and then didn't even say what we'd watched. Yeah, we're going to get into it. Okay. Give us one fabulous commercial, ladies and gentlemen, and then we'll be back to talk about the teachable moment for Lady Chu, 1973 The Sting, right after this. Can I ask you a question? Do you like beer? I like beer. It's required by law that you like beer when you're living in San Diego, California, but even I can get confused and dizzied by the amount of choices that you can see at your local beer store. What's a person to do? I'll tell you what you do. You'll watch the Vegas Beer Guys, a live show on Instagram and Facebook, and they will set you right as to what beers you should have in your life or should not have in your life. The Vegas Beer Guys are brought to you by Dan Aker, the beer professional, and Stephen Weiss, self-proclaimed beer novice. They'll drink beers for you and drink beers with you. Go ahead and check out their live shows and they'll tell you which beers you should be having in your fridge. Everybody wants the perfect combination of molten hops in your life. And Dan Aker and Stephen Weiss are the perfect combination of fantastic and wonderful. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Instagram. Find them. You're going to watch their show and love their show. They give away free merch during their shows. So go ahead and check out the Vegas Beer Guys. What a great time. And we are back. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Chu and I are here discussing her teachable moment, 1973's The Sting. You follow, Chu? <laughs> Because everybody talked like that in the 30s. <laughs> yeah. That's Lonigan's line. He says that to everybody. Fala! <laughs> yes. Yes. He's a scary man. I tell, I'll say it again. That guy is fucking menacing in this movie. Yeah. He's so good. I don't want to fuck with him. Any guy in a trench coat. Not a trench coat, but like a long pea coat. No, I believe you're bad news bears. Uh, we're going to keep talking about this movie and everything's going to be Jake. Oh, my God. I caught that. I was like, what the fuck? Does everybody say that? Hey. Yeah, it's like just part of the yeah. language of. You just do this and, and it'll be Jake. Streets. Who the fuck is Jake? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I need to look. I need to look that up and be like, what? Where'd that saying come from? How did that uh how'd that come about? Oh, I just I love all the language in the movie. The guy who wrote it, but most people consider this movie a perfect screenplay. I'd agree to that. And I cannot disagree. Yeah. It was really amazing. It's written by David S. Ward. I believe you. Oh, I know you don't know. <laughs> but... I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen a little movie called major league is that with charlie sheen yeah the baseball movie okay that's, Cleveland Indians. that's all i know about it well he wrote and directed that too again i'm inclined to believe you <laughs> you haven't seen that movie no i really thought that was one you might have seen yeah, I can see why you'd say that, but I haven't seen it. You're a baseball fan. Oh, spring training is Coming about up. to start. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, haven't seen that movie. Your Washington Nationals going to get up off their ass this year? I don't know. Max has a uh, has a sprained ankle. Sprained ankle or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Poo. Poo. I called you Pooh. I don't know <laughs> sometimes, why. Sometimes I am. I meant to say Chew. Chew, I think it's because I was about to say the Padres. <laughs> so I combined <laughs> Padres with Chew, uh, and it came out Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, how exciting is it going to be to follow the Padres this year? I, For the first time in maybe my life. Are you excited? You, you think we might have a chance. Yeah. I fucking hope so. You dropped $340 million on one player. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, we're talking baseball. We should get back. <laughs> Get that was a big jump. The, the subject at hand. <laughs> I blame David S. Ward. Let me ask you this about this movie, because I think the one of the great accomplishments of this movie is being able to keep the audience on its toes, because as an audience member, and you're the perfect person to talk about this, because this is the first time you've seen yeah. it, don't you think... That the very moment, as an audience member, you think you have started to figure out what's going on, something happens where the yeah. movie goes left or the movie goes right when you thought it was going to go left. They did such a good job doing that because literally, almost from from the start of the movie to the end of the movie, you're in that moment where we're like, oh, I think I know what's going on. No, you don't. No, the fuck you don't. Right. Um, yeah, every time you start to get a little bit comfortable, especially with Robert Redford's character, then they throw you a, you know, they throw you another little obstacle. Right. Um, and yeah, even from the the get-go, you think he's he's there to save and help out Luther and lo and behold they're they're both in on it on the con of mm-hmm. him pretending that he's, you know, he's getting mugged. Um, and then all the, well, yeah. And I mean, if you don't even know that this is a con movie, which I, which I, I assume didn't. you didn't know. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you had no yep. idea. You know. I do no research whatsoever. I mean, I kind of had an idea because, you know, you hear, you hear people reference, oh, it's a sting. And I'm like, okay. So I, I kind of have yeah. an idea of like what's going to happen, but, um, and the storybook quality of it with the turning of the pages and, you know, you got the hook. Yeah, I like that. And the tail and the wire and the shutout. I'm assuming those are all, like, classic con terms. I would assume so, yeah. I don't know. I've never conned anybody before. Also. It's on my list of things. It's on a, my bucket list, Shoot. Something I'm embarrassed to share. Not really embarrassed, but, like, you can just add this to the list of things that why the fuck I didn't know this is beyond oh, either of us that might embarrass you um con is short for confidence <laughs> <laughs> did you guys know that i mean obviously i knew con was short for something i wasn't gonna guess confidence i understand now i see what's going on here Amaze balls. yeah <laughs> okay so chewed finally now knows that Con means confidence. Yeah. Con man means confidence man. Yeah. Congratulations. It's almost embarrassing. Not quite. (laughs) I've said, thought, and have done dumber things. So it's not quite embarrassing, but I should have known that. But nobody says confidence work. They just say con work. Con man. Right. Along those lines... Did you, even for a second, until she was shot in the head... Oh, had no fucking clue. Did you think Loretta was Salino? No. Nope. How great is that? I mean, completely took me by surprise. It was suspicious when, you know, he wakes up and she's she's not not there and she's not at the restaurant. I also knew that her character was important in some way because they... You know, she had, a, like, an opening credit uh, in the movie of, like, who she was. I'm like, I just... Look at you. Um, So I knew she was important, but I just, I couldn't put it together. I, you know, I, I wasn't sure. I was just going along with it. But, uh, yeah, had no idea. Oh, she started walking up towards him, and she had her hands mm-hmm. in her pockets. And I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. He, I was like, fuck, he's going he's gonna to get his, he's going to get fucking shot. That was not the case. Yeah, because you think the guy with the gloves is Selino. Is Selino, yeah. right. Just another fucking great thing about this goddamn fucking great movie. This was such a great quality movie for that time. It does not miss a beat, no. this movie. There are very few really, truly perfect movies. And to me, this is one of them. Yep. 
I fucking love this movie so much. <laughs> yeah, all the way up until the very end. I even yelled out, are you fucking serious? At the end. Well, almost to Wait, the end. Wait, when they shot each other? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? You were taken in? Yeah. I was, I was oh, pissed. Oh, that's amazing. I was pissed. But then when he was getting dressed that morning and he puts the thing in his mouth and I was like, what the fuck is that? Uh, right. And then they don't, I was like, am I supposed to know what that is? I don't, I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah. That all made sense. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, we're jumping ahead, though. Yeah, sorry. Well, spoiler alert. We gave away the ending. You should already but... know the ending, you guys. You're listening right. to this podcast. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I do. All right. I'm I I'm available at any time for gifts. <laughs> Telegrams, thank yous. If you just want to get down on bended knee and say, thank God. You made me a part of this podcast. <laughs> My life is better for having you in it. Fuck yeah. Can you still send That's all I'm saying? Can you still That's send a I'm... telegram? Do you do that through Western I, Union? I don't know. Which is in the movie? Well, I think I said that because uh, I do know somebody who has like a sell a singing telegram business and will send people to Sing fucking telegrams, yeah. Wow. I was thinking just right? the piece of paper. Probably birthday shit. Yeah, I guess so. Right. I was thinking the paper How that says How great is stop. that scene? The Western Union office? Yeah. <laughs> is that where you go to do that? That's so good. <laughs> fucking paint half a wall green and just walk out the door. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. That was so good. We were talking uh, off air about about Hooker's introduction to to, to uh, Gondorf. Yeah. So Robert Redford meets Paul Newman, and he sees him, he finds him just drunk, and he puts him in the shower. And my opening line to you: "That's nice, nice to meet you, kid." <laughs> Luther never said you're a horse's ass or whatever he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But when Robert Redford says, yeah, Luther says you have a lot to teach me. I already know how to drink. <laughs> <laughs> He's like horrifically hungover. <laughs> uh, it was shit. an improv. Well, not an improv during filming, but an improv during rehearsal periods where <laughs> uh, Paul Newman just left the set and got a block of ice. And George Royal was like, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, get nice. He goes, what for? He goes, well, you got to, you drink as much as I did that night before. You got to fix yourself. And so that's how they did the, you know, oh. ice pick in the ice and put his face in to wake himself that up. That was so good. Right? I was also concerned. I'm like, where the fuck did he get a block of ice that big? Just hanging out in his room. That was back in the day, Chew. I, I don't know how that works. How do people, like, don't get me started, but that's one of life's mysteries for me, which I'm sure can be easily fixed if I did some research, but how did they have ice back then? I understand they had electricity, but ice just seems like a luxury. Freezers existed. Yeah, I guess so. When I was a kid, we used to take a block of ice and then put a towel on it and you'd go ice blocking on gra grass hills. Wow. You'd try to ski down. Usually you'd fall. Huh. That was not a pastime of mine because I grew up in 120 degree weather in the desert. So that was unfortunately not an option. <laughs> that, that explains why you're so dry and abrasive. <laughs> <laughs> the weather affected me. Yeah. All right. Well, tell me more that like stuck out to you. Um... Let's see. Do you know Charles Durning? I mean, do you recognize him, the guy who played the cop? I mean, maybe, but I mean, not enough. Not like Robert Shaw, where I was like, who the fuck is this? Where have I seen him? So it wasn't like that. Oh, uh, he's so great, though, Chu. Where is he from? Like what other movies? Yeah. 
Chew, what a waste of time. You're not going to have seen any of these movies. Okay, well, we can just move on then. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? No. Of course not. No. But he plays the governor. Have you seen Home for the Holidays? Thanksgiving movie? No. Directed by Jodie Foster? No. Oh. Uh, she directs? I like that movie. Yeah. Okay. Little Man Tate. Nope. Okay. Once again, get your shit together. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, moving on. <laughs> Grievance. Um, I love the whole uh, when they were on the train and they're playing poker and they had the... Oh, the whole... God, it was the good. The whole fucking hook is amazing. Yeah. And this is... I mean, not that Paul Newman is not perfect throughout this movie, but this is like his chunk of the movie where he gets to shine. Yeah. And he is pitch fucking perfect. God, him just acting drunk and dickish. The horse's ass. Yeah, God, it was so good. I think we referenced the idea of his, like, coming in without the tie, you know, keeps calling him by the wrong name. (laughs) Yeah, got it. This is a game where you have to have a tie, Mr. Shaw. If you don't have one, we can provide one for you. Eh, thanks a lot, Lonerman. <laughs> Just always calling him by the wrong fucking name. <laughs> you do it pretty well. That's funny. Oh, so good. But there's just nothing better than Robert Shaw trying to cheat Paul Newman. And Paul Newman puts down his hand. Yeah. Four jacks, I think. Yeah. And it's supposed to be three or four threes. Four threes. You owe me 15,000. All of a sudden, he is stone cold sober. Yeah. (laughs) You owe me 15,000 bucks, pal. And when he's on the train, when Lonigan's on the train, what was was I supposed to do? Accuse him of cheating better than me? So for those that don't know, that's the hook. This is the way they get the guy because then Robert Redford is sent in to declare, A, that his wallet was stolen by uh, Eileen Brennan, who I also know you don't know, but come on, Chew. Have you seen Clue? No, actually. I know you haven't seen Private Benjamin. I won't even bother asking, but Clue. Oh, God. Damn it, Grievance. (laughs) That's a double grievance. I think it's something I would enjoy, too. So we can put that on the list. Oh, you would like Clue. Yeah. Yeah. Clue's fucking great. (laughs) I was just about to go down a Clue wormhole, but I'm going to refrain, Chew. That'll be another episode. But that's the hook. He gets her to steal his wallet, then admits that it was stolen, but tells... is able to... Convince Robert Shaw that he wants to take his own boss down. Yeah. Via the Western Union, because they're going to get race results, you know, five to seven minutes before race results post. Yeah. And so long as you can get the bet in in five minutes, you're going to win a lot of money. Right? Agreed. Come on. Yes. I was <laughs> I was trying to think of all the all the things because at that point I was like okay what is um what is the ultimate like what, what's their Did goal I here explain something to you you didn't previously understand <laughs> no you just put it in simpler terms because it was okay good you know everything's changing throughout the movie it's not right. like they say exactly what they're gonna do and then they do it like you're just following along as it happens um so for me being slightly stupid. Uh, it, <laughs> like, I, I was a little slow on the uptake. You're, you got an advantage over me. I'm completely stupid. <laughs> no slight about it. <laughs> that might have been the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Well, I care. Thanks. <laughs> Did you follow the shutout? Uh, is that the end? See, I don't know the terms. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I left it in vague 30s 
street speak. <laughs> yeah, I'm not fluent. That's when they Lonigan wants to see the con again. Yeah. And he's gonna bet fifteen thousand this time. And then they have the whole rigmarole with, because he wants to meet the Western Union man. Yeah. So they have that thing, and he tells him, "This is how I do it." And then he says, "I want to try it again." And he says, I can't do another long shot. It's going to, like, you know, people are going to find out. He goes, okay, so we'll not do a long shot. We'll do, you know, better odds. But I want to try it one more time, $15,000. But they can't, they wouldn't be able to give him enough money right. at a $15,000 bet. So they have they have the guy who says, my specialty is an Englishman with the oh, big yeah. goatee. Yeah. And they have him kind of step right in front of him right as he's going to try to bet. And he's like, hurry up over there. So they buy him some time. so he's not able to place his bet, but able to see and hear that this thing's going to work. The shutout, Chew. Now I know what that means. He got shut out. (laughs) (laughs) Now you got it. I see what's going on here. going to turn you loose on the street to start conning people out of their nickels. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> shine your shoes for you mister just cost you a nickel yeah sure lady and then you just run away <laughs> that's your con yeah just quick and to the point <laughs> <laughs> hey get her <laughs> oh my god uh speaking of get him um how many times was robert redford running in dress shoes yeah. He was running 30% Is this of the movie. Thing that bothered you? I just thought, like, how. How. How's he not slipping and falling? Yeah, like, his feet must be in so much pain running around in dress shoes. Because I figured at those times, you either had work boots or you had dress shoes. Like, there wasn't really an in between. Nobody had Nikes. No Nikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's great. Did you catch, by the way, so where Robert Redford sells the diner, where he sells Lonigan on it, and he he just kind of tells him what to do. Yeah. Like, you gotta, you're going to get a phone call. You're going to hear a horse go across the street and place the bet. Do you know what that diner is? No. Same diner that Marty McFly goes into in Back to the Future. Whoa. I would never, that would have never been on my list of guesses. Of course not. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's take another break, and then we'll come back and we'll finish talking about the fucking teachable moment of the sting. Right after this. If you like podcasts like I do, boy, do I have a treat for you. You need to stay on target. And check out the Sounds and Cinema podcast. Listen as your host, sound designer and music creator, Tony Parham, and co-host, musical performer and sound lover, Derek Hansen, D-Rock if you're nasty, and I am, discuss all things sound related to film, television, stage, and theatrical productions. They discuss environmental sounds, bioacoustics, dialogue, the nature of communication through sound, But as an added bonus, they drink beer and try to... Stay on target. Find them wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the pure mania of a man who can charitably be described as Doug, the dog from Up, and another man with a soothing and sultry voice trying to get that man to... Stay on target. That's the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Tune in and listen to the sounds they are creating just for you. And we are back yet again, ladies and gentlemen, finishing up Chew's teachable moment of the 1973 film, seven-time Oscar-winning picture, The Sting. <laughs> I wish they could see your face when you did that. There was like a intense blink with a head jerk. <laughs> the Sting. I'm just trying to pass on knowledge to you, Chu. Knowledge of greatness in Hollywood history. Job well done. Alliteration. Bank it. (laughs) (laughs) How great's the fucking music in this movie? I actually didn't pay attention to it. What the fuck? The ragtime? 
Oh, no, I mean, I caught some of that. We've been singing it to each other during every break. I didn't catch on to that. I just I just make up stupid tunes in my my spare time. So I thought you were doing the same. You thought I was tracking your music and not the music of the movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Look, I love you, but no. <laughs> my mistake. Wrong. Uh, yeah, music was fun. This whole you know movie what's great was about the music, too? There's really no underscore for this movie. Meaning, there's not really music playing while people are talking. No. So when you hear the music, it's when there is no dialogue and you're really hearing the music. Yeah, I guess you're right. No, you don't have to guess. I am right. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> I am fucking right. We're jumping around a bit, but how great is it when all the con men come to Chicago? Oh, that was fun. Uh, the fucking, come on, you, give yep, it to me. The nose thing. The nose. Uh. But, you know, if I saw that in public and I was just like a bystander, I would think, oh, hey, Nobody just fucking does that, okay? Something's going on. So clearly nobody else was paying attention. But if somebody was, like, kind of looking my way and they went like this, I'd be Sherlock Holmes-level observant. That's a signal. That you... (laughs) You would see somebody touch their nose and you would just yell out, Signal! (laughs) We got a signal over here. You can't fool me. I don't know what's What's going on. What's the con? You got the... You got a big con going on, and I know it, and I figured it out. So you may as well spill the beans. I'm going to take ten points. Uh, But that was fun. It was fucking great. Yeah. That was good. Ray Walston. Let's talk about some of the minor characters. Ray Walston's the old guy who reads the teletype. I know him from... You're never going to guess. Not my favorite Martian. No. Uh, Rich Fast Times? Oh, that's right. Not what I was going to say. Mr. Hand. He was Mr. Hand. Aloha. (laughs) What are you people? On dope? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, the first time I ever saw him was on the TV's uh, version of The Stand. Remember when that oh. came out? In the 90s. Yeah. Rob and Lowe? He was, uh, he was one of the good guys. That was the first time I ever saw him. I think they already have, or there's a new standout, right? But it's on... It's on CBS. Shutter or what is it? It's, oh, okay. Yeah, it's on CBS. I started watching it, and then I got But like C- the All Access? Yeah. So it's on their little platform? Yeah. Did you watch it, did you say? Um... I've only watched the first episode. Okay. Not because I I didn't stop watching it because I didn't like it. I just started watching other things and forgot about it. Busy watching the fucking sting. Yeah. Right. Uh, But yes, I I recognized him. I liked him a lot. I like his voice. I feel like that movie was perfect for him. Oh, yeah. Or that character was perfect for him. Harold Gould as Kid Twist. He's the guy who plays the... uh... It's funny, I, I, I'm not enamored with him, but I was interested. I was interested Tall, in his skinny, character, because uh, he reminded me, in looks only, of my great grandfather, Ed, <laughs> who's from Armenia. Well, he wasn't from Armenia, but he's well, he was 100% Armenian, and uh, I don't know. He just remind. He just looked like my uh, great grandfather, Ed. All right. Yep. I don't think Ed, Ed would have ever been a con man. That was not his jam. You'd be looking like Kid Twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked about Eileen Brennan, which sadly you don't know enough as you should. But she's great in this fucking movie. She was great. Did you notice the scene where Charles Durning comes in to brace her? I'm still going with the language, Chew. 
He comes in to brace her at, <laughs> at the bar, and he says, mind if I have a look around? And she tells him, you know, you've got a Joliet, Joliet badge, doesn't pull a lot of weight here. Yeah. But you can have a beer on your way out the door, which is a great fucking line. <laughs> and she gives you know, him this tiny little shot little glass little of shot beer. Shot glass of beer. Did you notice that he poured it on her hand? Yeah, which is rude. Improv. Oof. That was good. And she just looks at him and shakes her hand like, you piece of fucking shit cop. <laughs> I actually really liked her move, though. I'd be like, you can have a beer, but she gives him an mm-hmm. ounce worth. And I'm like, God, I wish I'd thought of that when I was working in the restaurant. Just a real dick move. <laughs> <laughs> on your way out the door. Yeah. It's on the house. Dick. Oh, fucking great. What about uh, the fake FBI agent, Agent Polk, as played by Dana Elker or Elker? Elkar. Oh, man. What a great little twist for the audience because you're like, oh, Robert Redford, he's going to be a little fucking he's piece gonna of shit. He's going to sell out fucking Paul Newman. God damn it. And you keep hoping, like, oh, he's going to he's gonna tell him. He's going to ask for help. He's, you know, he's going to do the whole thing. And then it doesn't happen. You're like, God, you little bitch. And then at the end, even even then, you're like, oh, you quick It's a brilliant fucker. con because they get a real cop to buy in. Yeah. It was so good. It's so amazing. Oh, so pleasantly surprised. That guy's a great actor, though. I always remember Dana Elker as uh, MacGyver's boss. Original MacGyver. Richard Dean Anderson MacGyver. Not the young guy that's redoing MacGyver now, Chu. I haven't watched either. I know MacGruber from SNL. That's a takeoff of MacGyver. I understand. Like, I know MacGyver, <laughs> but I never watched it. I have a great uh, improv game for kids that's called MacGyver. Really? Yeah. So you have two kids, and I'll tell them something like, you know, you're both strapped to two chairs and there's a bomb underneath you. And then I, I say to the class, give me three household items. So they'll, whatever they say, like, a you know, a stapler and a pencil and a jug of milk. And I'm like, okay, MacGyver, <laughs> you have to save the day and you have to get yourselves untied and defuse the bomb with a stapler, a pencil and a jug of milk. Go. <laughs> It's a great game. It's so much fun. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I disapprove of these remakes. There's like a MacGyver on the air right now, a Magnum P.I. There's a Magnum P.I. remake? Yeah. Oh, not necessary. Tom Selleck on television. Was prime. <laughs> I did watch Magnum. Obviously. You did? Absolutely. Good. Tom Selleck in those short shorts. Okay. One of my favorite childhood shows. Yeah. That's good shit. Like, he's so good. Bless Love him. It. Bless him. <laughs> Bless Tom Selleck. Anyway. Right down to his socks. <laughs> Buster. <laughs> You're scared of him, aren't you? Right down to my socks, Buster. <laughs> are there two people that are better together than Robert Redford and fucking Paul Newman? Oh, no. That's maybe the best tandem ever. Yeah. They're so good together. How many times in their careers did they work together? It might just be this and... Butch Cassidy? Butch and Sundance, yeah. But it's enough. Oh, yeah. Two fucking great movies. Have you seen Butch and Sundance? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there the you go. of that question. <laughs> um, were they like real life friends? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Were Friendly. they like best buds? They love each other. Okay. On this, on this movie... At the time, they both had Porsches, and any free time they had, they would spend wiping down their Porsches together. <laughs> They'd just be, oh like, polishing their Porsches. And then one day, Paul Newman stole Robert Redford's keys and hid his Porsche, and Robert Redford came out, and it's like, God 
damn it, I knew that somebody would steal my Porsche. (laughs) (laughs) He got taken in. Also, apparently, uh, I want to say during rehearsal process or something, George Roy Hill invited Paul Newman over to, I don't know if it was his house or maybe it was like a at-studio office to have some drinks. And he said, okay. And then he got a call from him and he said, hey, I don't have any like gin or uh, beer here. So will you pick some up on the way? And he said, sure. So he picked some up and then he gave him a bill for $8 for all the booze. And then George Roy Hill wrote him a note, a three-page note about the nature of friendship and what it's supposed to be (laughs) and that he shouldn't be asking for $8. And then... Paul Newman cut his desk in half with a chainsaw and said, this doesn't have anything to do with friendship. This has to do with $8. (laughs) (laughs) And then George Royal had the studio send him a bill for the $8, which he never paid. They just were like fucking with each other the whole time. Oh, my God. That's funny. How great is that story? That's pretty good. That's good shit right there. Come on. (laughs) All right. Well, so the end of this movie, Chew, all is revealed, right? Yeah. Were you relieved when they when Data Elker Elkar and he says, "Okay, we're all clear, Henry," and they both get up and are not dead? Were you relieved? Oh yeah, I knew that Paul Newman was going to be alive the second Robert Redford peeked his eye out. I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Right. And, yeah, God, like, what a great, a great finale. Because at first... The characters were conning everybody, including the audience. Yeah. I loved Fucking it. Fucking balls. Yeah. Yeah, because at first, you're like, he's like, hey, uh, you know, Hooker, you can, you can go. You can walk. <laughs> and Paul Newman's like, you fucking son of a bitch. And he's like, Pew! shoots him in the back. Like that sound effect? Could you do that sound again for yeah. us? <laughs> there you go. Um, and then Paul Newman gets shot by the quote-unquote fed. And you're mm. just like, son, oh my God, they just, that's it. They just killed him. What the fuck kind of movie is this? I was pissed. <laughs> there was like five seconds of me just being livid. <laughs> and then Robert Redford peeks his eye open. I was like, hey. All's well. Yeah, thank God. Fucking Lonigan at the top of the stairs with the cop. That's my money down there. <laughs> well, you ain't getting it back. I'm like, fuck, this guy's got to burn the city to the ground. <laughs> uh, fuck that guy. He's a dick. Place. I said place. Place it on. Yeah. That horse is going to finish second. It's been a mistake. Give me my money back. Ugh. Amazing. That was good. Did they say Chew. place on the phone when he got that phone call for... Yeah, he said place it. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Oh, man, it was so good. <laughs> what a fun movie. Fucking great, right? Yeah. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you because... When you find out that Selino's the killer... Was your first thought Hooker's first thought? Like, she could have killed me last night? Um, no. Because they were alone together? Actually, I was... there was that, like, neighbor, that nosy neighbor. Yeah. That bitch. She was too much of a professional, Jew. But imagine being that good of a a hitman, a hit person, I should say, Jew. To have the person you're going to kill come to you. That's what I'm going to do the next time I kill somebody gonna have them come to me i guess i'll just steer clear of your house then (laughs) chew come on over i have a gift for you it's fine i'll meet you in a public place (laughs) if i say that for the next year that's me springing my trap (laughs) yeah (laughs) um no i didn't think I didn't think that about her, like, oh, why didn't she just kill him the night before? I was thinking that they were going to pull another fast one, and the guy was still actually 
Salino, and he was, like, trying to pull a fast one. Because even when they were in the car together, and he was like, um... Uh, well, how about you know, when Henry he's running straight towards Robert Redford? Were you freaking out in that moment? Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's going to get shot in the fucking face. And uh, You're like, yay, he's saved. Oh, no, he's running towards him. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. I was what confused. What do you think is the drinking game for the sting, Chew? Oh, uh, anytime Robert Redford is running away from a bad guy. We're just running. Yeah, that was mine. That was oh, mine was it? too. Yeah. <laughs> Every time Robert lot. Redford has to go out on the lamb and fucking run. I still got the language, Chew. Uh, yeah. I don't know what, I mean, I understand what people mean when they say go out on the lamb, but I don't know where the term comes from. Sheep. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see my slow blink? Uh, like, obviously not. <laughs> yeah, that, your face seemed to communicate, God, I hate him. <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> always the dumbest joke. <laughs> I need to take a class in, uh, like, 1930s, 40s, and 50s uh, lingo. Gangster lingo? mob lingo you just did i still don't know enough i gotta (laughs) see it best well maybe for our next teachable moment i'll keep you in this milieu i'm gonna have to trust you because i don't know what that means (laughs) (laughs) i've been thinking of another movie that is actually black and white. If you say Casablanca. No. Okay. Have you seen Casablanca? (laughs) (laughs) What a terribly awkward clearing of the throat. (laughs) That seems to denote, fuck no, I haven't seen that movie. (laughs) Nope. Oh my God. Sorry. I know the ending because anytime anybody talks about Casablanca, Casablanca, whatever, uh, in a movie, they always just show the ending. Right. And I don't know any more than that. It's the beginning of a beautiful friendship, Chew. Yeah. All right. That's it. Yeah. You got anything else? Um, no. Go watch this movie. It's fucking fun. Oh, yeah. Recommend. 10 out of 10. We're going to have Chu look up the word milieu. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my extra homework. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for The Sting the teachable moment from 1973, Chu. I'm not going to say rapidly, but slowly becoming a better person. I'm definitely a better person for having seen Robert Redford and Paul Newman in tuxedos. In their fucking handsome best. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> They're so great. If no movie. other reason to see this movie, that that's it. <laughs> I might humbly suggest there's a bit more to this movie (laughs) than the handsomeness of Paul Newman and Robert Redford. But that's just me. I'm uh, sexualizing them. Is that right? Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Don't be an asshole, Chew. Yeah, whatever. They can handle it. (laughs) They know they looked good. Come on. Apparently, they were having a blue eyes off. They both kept asking the costumer to put them in blue shirts so that their <laughs> eyes would look even better. Yeah. And finally, the costumer decided to, like, one-off. So, like, one could have blue, but the other wouldn't. And then they'd right. switch in the next scene. <laughs> Fucking great. Great movie. All right, for Lady Chu. 
from Tua T Fitness. This is Chance from the How Dare You Awards signing off. Back to shitty movies for you, Chew. Ugh, okay. <laughs> good day, madam. Good day. Hey, that was good. Not bad. That was friendly. Almost. <laughs> it's the best I got. All right. All right. Okay, bye. See you soon.